And so here's what it says in 1 John chapter 3, verses 16 to 18. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And we also lay down our lives for our brothers and our sisters. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need, but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. So the first thing that we see here is that we are supposed to love in the exact same way that Jesus loved us. And so it starts up right in the gates in verse 16. It says that we know that Jesus loves us because of this, because he laid down his life for us. And what we're supposed to do is lay down our life for ourselves. That's kind of fun, doesn't it? Like talking about love and good doctors and zero. So then we're going to start breaking this down. There are two ways that we can love each other. We can love our brothers and sisters. We can love people in school. We can love our families. And even in relationships, these things apply as well. And so the first thing is that you need to be intentional with your love. So when we start thinking about Jesus' love, this is the first step. Okay, so if you're going to actually lay down your life for your friends, you're going to lay down your life for your brother or your sister, we may not have to lay down a physical life. We may not have to like, pick somebody up from the center of a train, give way to somebody, or what are they saying? Yeah, catch a grenade for it. As far as I'm having a lot of your mother, you're going to come here and sing that as you die ethically in front of your friends. And then what happens? Here's the deal. Look at this. You need to lay down your life each and every single day because our definition of love is a little bit different than our brain. So our definition of love is love is the removal of your comfort for the sake of another person. It's the removal of your comfort for the sake of another person. The question might be, do you love your friends, but then you start looking at it and like, well, do you ever remove your comfort for them? Do you ever say, you know what, I don't know if I hang out with that person, so I'm just not going to hang out with them. When that person's always annoying, they're draining all my energy, but you end up not hanging out with them. It's the battle of comfort. And a lot of times, if we focus more on sharing the gospel of Jesus than we have comfort, our community can be so different. If we focus more on being Jesus instead of being comfortable, like the king would be, our communities and our schools would be transformed. Our own lives would be different. And so our definition of love is that it's removing your comfort. For the sake of somebody else. So the first part of this is we have to be intentional with our love. As we look at what Jesus did, Jesus had a simple theory for ministry. It was basically this: go after people. We're not supposed to sit in the building and those people will come to us. We're not supposed to sit around people and think that they'll just know that some Christian boy out of it. I don't know how that's spiritual. You should have had all that questions answered. But that doesn't happen. We have to go after people. One of my favorite things I've really been noticing here recently is I've been reading through the book of John. In John chapter 40, it starts out with Nicodemus asking a question to Jesus. So instantly, Jesus answers it with love. This is where we get for God so loved the world that he gave his only son because Nicodemus was coming to be with Jesus. And as he's there, Jesus just starts giving him life. In John chapter 4, we see the Samaritan woman can't stand her life, so she's out of her well noon, and Jesus gives her worth. He tells her that she is worthy. He talks to her. He engages with her, but he gives her an opportunity to have her life changed. In John chapter 5, the man couldn't walk, and Jesus comes up and he heals him, but then after that, he says, Make sure you go and sin no more. So he, he makes her physically walk, 
It gives you an opportunity to walk with God. And in John chapter 6, Jesus feeds 5,000 stomachs, but he offers salvation to the 5,000 souls. You see how Jesus starts going after people, and the normal conversations that are having, he just tells them ever so quietly to tell them about the love he has. And even in John chapter 7, the Pharisees are confused about who Jesus is, and Jesus at the end of that chapter clarifies everything. He clarifies the reason that he came. He's coming to give salvation, he's coming to give love. It's back in the chapter 3 of Sunday. It's boom, 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 and Jesus coming and meeting people in these random situations, whether it's at a wall or in front of a building or in a temple or outside or in the middle of an outlet, something's in. And Jesus' main priority is to tell them about God's love for It's to give them opportunities to listen to them, but He is intentional with them. And that's what we have to do, too. We have to be intentional with our friends. Our love must be intentional. So you may be a friend to let your friends know that you love them. Do they know that they're loved? Do they know that they're cared for? Do they know that they're valued? Do they know that they have worth? Do they know that they're interesting and unique and that God has created them for something more than what they can accomplish? Because if we're intentional, we start to spell all these things out of our hearts. We just can't keep it in. It's just flowing out of us. And how much God loves us. Or we're so busy in our day that we just go right by. We keep doing the things that are important. We keep being comfortable. There's something greater that we're trying to The first part is that our love must be intentional. The second part is that our love must be continued. In Acts chapter 1, Jesus is ascending into heaven, and the disciples are there, and I'm sure as all this is happening, the disciples are kind of terrified. Uh, Jesus died, he was buried, he ended up coming back to life, and then he was with them for so long, and now it's time again. Where Jesus is about, he's really floating up into the air, and before that, Jesus is saying, hey, you're going to be my witnesses in all of Judea and Samaria and Jerusalem, the ends of the earth, anywhere you can even imagine, you are going to be my guys. I'm going to leave somebody here that's going to guide you. I'm going to give you my spirit and my presence. I'm sure the disciples were like, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm terrified. Okay. But when Jesus gives the Holy Spirit, is that Jesus is continually with his people. And that's about the the Holy Spirit. It's God's presence in earth and in his people. And so Jesus didn't just love the disciples to a point, but he continually and everlastingly loved them. And in verse 20 in John chapter 4, it says, Whoever claims to love God yet hates his brother and sister is a liar. For whoever does not love the brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. Our love must be considered. We can't give up on people. As hard as it is sometimes, as difficult as it may be, we can't give up on people. And I said, if you're talking to somebody misses, you should be calling them or texting them that day. And then the next day, and then Wednesday, because you have you have a friendship with them. It shouldn't just be a hey, we miss you. Four weeks go by, and we never talk to this person again. We have to continually be sharing the love of Jesus. We can't just say, "Hey, we miss you once," and then four years go by, and no one's ever seen this person. It has to be continued. We have the hope and the love of God. God has promised to continually be with us, and we have this. And we have to take it to other people. And so tonight, as we finish up, the, the main point you can look at all this. Our love for one another must be intentional, but must be continual. We have to go after people and we won't forget about them. 
is to speak up to people and not just going to drop them when they have a problem or this hard scenario. Sometimes it takes money. Sometimes it takes time. Sometimes it takes emotions and a lot of frustrations. But people are worth it. They're more worth it than trying to master that equation that you're trying to get to. Or maybe not that place that you can be on the team. Or hit that note perfectly so that you can move up the chair. People are worth it. And just because it's difficult doesn't mean that we give up. It means we love all the more. We can think about how difficult have you been in your relationship with God. If you were God and you do some stuff that you do, like, there was a chase a long time ago. Well, let's just be honest. I'm kind of difficult sometimes. Talk to my sister if you tell you I'm school. That's just what it is, okay? So they often have been involved in that. Give you the Christmas time for the Lord of this for me. You know, like, God has so much patience towards us. He's so much love towards us. And it's not just this romance love that we think of, but he loves us so much that he said Jesus could die for us. And he's never given up on us. Even though it's costing time and money and energy and effort, God has never given up on you. Because God loves you. And you shouldn't give up on other people because God loves those people too. They may not be in the family yet, but it's always possible to go as strong as the family can. I guarantee you, if you start focusing more on Jesus' love and your own comfort, things will start changing. And it's going to be awesome. And so tonight, for you, maybe there's a point this week where you can start running on somebody. You start sending them text messages, but following up in person. You start noticing them. Maybe you can scoot down a couple chairs at once or start talking to them. Ask them about their plans. Yeah, you can buy them the choice, but even more than just trying to have this little sidebar with them, saving somebody, man, get to know them. Because once you get to know them, if they become Christian, then you're already friends with them to continue to disciple them and to grow with them. The call for us today is to love people the way that Jesus loved people. And Jesus laid down his life. He came out of heaven, he got off of his throne, and he lived life among people. That may be what you need to do. You need to get off your throne, think that you're king and queen, and go love on people. And go be around people. Even on the message, even over here, because we're worth it. Because they're God's creation. Sometimes we talk more about pets, and we give up pets and the things that we do for the people. Like we're just sick and twisted people. We feel like we're weird. We shouldn't do that. We spend more time buying iPhone packs than we do even to the homeless or the needy. We used to have to love ourselves so much than we love on other people. Or it's important that I said, like, as long as we're loving everybody else a lot. And God says that. And love your neighbor and love yourself. Right? And if you love yourself a ton, go and love everybody else a ton. Spend some money on yourself, go spend some money on everybody else. It's cool. I would like to be first to love. But make sure you're still alive. It's that as we look at our happiness more, the next week we get into joy. But love is removing our comfort for the sake of somebody else. How can we remove our comfort so that someone else knows that we love them and that it gives us the opportunity to say that God loves them? Let's pray.